I'm just going to get it out of my head real quick because every time so that I don't do it during the episode, every time the game cards with personalities comes up, I think of that song. The cult of personality. And I, the cards with personalities. Um, just, I think it was in Guitar Hero 3 or something. That's the only reason I even know that song. Terrible song. Terrible song. Was that, was, was that Guitar Hero 3? Yeah, I I'm think just, it was. That was the one that I had, I think. I had the one on Wii. That was like the main Guitar Hero I played, yeah. and that was I'm pretty sure it was in that one. You had to stick the Wiimote in the guitar on that, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. But it kind of felt, I'm not going to lie, it felt kind of better because it gave it some heft. Yeah. It gave like the body of the guitar a little bit of weight. Yeah. Because those things felt so flimsy. It was like, it actually, it was a pain in the ass and kind of a janky setup, but it felt good once it was set up. I could see that. Man. And now I'm just thinking about like turning a Guitar Hero guitar into a synth controller. Yes, oh, baby. Totally could. Like, yes, baby. So totally good. Could. Like it's got the five keys. That's good. The five push button controls. You could turn the uh, like oh, whammy yeah. bar into oh, like yeah. a potentiometer. Whoa. I'm trying. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey, folks. And John Hines. Hi there. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games, and we are just going to dive right into it tonight because we are fully, fully loaded, and we're going to talk some kind of pseudo-retro stuff, some Pico 8 stuff, and then some actual retro stuff, and then get into a little conversation at the end of the episode, so... Why don't we, uh, well, maybe we'll see <laughs> if we have time, don't make promises. if we have time, but uh, yeah, no promises, but we'll see, but uh, we'll see when we get there. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to this game that I was actually playing a little bit the other day. It just came out on itch.io. It's actually in version like 0.8, actually 0.8.1. Cause they okay. put out a little bug fix uh, since it <laughs> uh, released. And I was actually decided like, since we were, I had like an hour and a half or so to kill before we started uh, recording tonight. So I jumped on and started streaming a little bit of this game called Saturn and it's actually spelled S A T R Y N. So it's either Saturn or Saturn. The developer was actually in the stream while I was playing uh, for a little bit, and I actually asked, and they said, whatever my heart desires. So (laughs) I said Saturn at the start of the video, so I'm just going to keep sticking with Saturn. But as soon as I saw that the letters were flipped around a little bit, I was like, oh, it's not just like putting a Y in the place of the U for Saturn. Mm -hmm. But anyways, it's essentially kind of like a, a, not kind of, but very much like a Robotron twin stick shooter, like very, very retro uh, to the point where like, even when you go into the menu right now and in the sense of the early access, like it, you have the the volume sliders and whatever, but there's like no music at the moment. It just says like, oh. not yet. And there's like a little sad <laughs> face. Um, and great. at first I was like, it honestly doesn't even need it because it's just like it, all the sound effects are so like juicy and like it's just those bright neon Robotron yeah. colors and like every enemy has like a different kill sound and a different oh. attack sound. There's like maybe eight or 10 different enemies at the moment, probably five or six different power-ups you can pick up. And the way it works is like every level, it's like a square, you know, playable area. And again, it's like a twin stick shooter. You're either playing with a controller or with like the WASD and uh, um, arrow keys is like yeah. your kind of octo-directional shooting. 
and you're just trying to kill as many enemies or kill all the enemies on the screen. It's an infinite, you know, you just get as far as you can, as many waves as you can make it through. Right. I was going to try to get a million points. That was my goal for the run. I got to like 940,000, uh, which is better than the developer. They said their high score oh. was like 800,000. Look at you. But the game just has like a really, even already, like even though it has some of these work in progress elements, it's like got these really great, like there's like a bestiary or it's like kind of in the options. You can look at like a manual that shows cool. you the controls and whatnot, but then you can keep scrolling. It shows you like what all the enemies are. And there's just so many, like I think there's still a couple that I need to unlock potentially. Like there was just this new one that popped up while I was streaming that I hadn't seen yet. Like this kind of large green enemy that would shoot out these like homing attacks and like the waves just keep getting way way like stacking up and there's maybe a little bit of balance issues that need to be tweaked out a little bit you know like some waves just felt like man wave three that was (laughs) really tough (laughs) where like you know the furthest i made it i think was to wave 25 Um, But they were saying like they watched some people get up to two and a half million points. So like that, I'm not even, you know, even if I cracked a million, I'm not really holding my own. But like, you know, I've played stuff when I'm going back and playing retro stuff, particularly, you know, Robotron. I've only ever played it on like an arcade cabinet with its like kind of weird control setup. Yeah. But like I got to say, like, it's man playing something like this. It's just like there's no need to ever play Robotron again because you're getting like spread shots. You're getting all these crazy. It's just like it's I don't know. It's just really frantic. It's really like kind of again, like we've talked about before. It's like you get in that Zen state of just trying to dodge stuff. My head immediately goes to like Geometry Wars kind of stuff, too. Like there's not enough games like that anymore. Those are fun type of games. Yeah, where you're just kind of like in an, in an arena, you know, yep. you're like in a one fixed location. And one thing I do like is like, even though it is kind of like a fixed square, you it does like kind of scroll with your character like just a little bit to where okay. like if you're at the very top of the screen, like you won't see the very bottom of the arena. And then the one thing I didn't mention, actually, are kind of the main mechanic. So the, on top of the enemies, there are what are just called your friends on the screen. OK, and they'll be you, those are just kind of all randomly populated as the, the waves or the levels kind of start and spawn. But mm-hmm. like every 25 friends that you collect, you get a free life or an extra life. Nice. So you start with three. So you keep stacking those up. And then on top of that, every time you uh, th- those are also like what act as your score multiplier. So like the more you're collecting of these friends, not only are you able to extend your run, but they're also multiplying your score as you nice. go along. The the overall like when you collect 25, like if you die when you're at 33, it'll go back down to zero. Now, when I get another 17, I will still get another free guy or an extra one up. But like I'm not going to it's not going to reset the like the combo only counts for how many I have on that current life. Okay. But the overall counter will still give me the extra one ups. And then every time you get 75,000 points is when a power up will drop. So it's like really kind of dependent on how you're playing. You got to be kind of careful, especially on the early levels to not wipe out all the enemies before you collect all the friends. Um, But the enemies will also kill the friends. So they will like specifically like go for them and attack them and stuff. So you don't really get penalized other than the fact that you just can't, you know, multiply your score a little bit more. Can you accidentally shoot the friends? I think that you can like so I don't think you can shoot them with your shots, but you can shoot them if like. 
because you can actually like shoot a lot of the enemies projectiles but a lot of the oh, enemies nice. like after you kill them they'll like kind of explode and blow uh, up or they'll be like mines so if you like shoot a mine and that blows up it'll kill the enemy or if that yeah if you kill an enemy that explodes next to a friend right they'll blow up but it's really nice like they're the same the, the friends are the same color as you everything else is like a different color but like really just like i don't know it's like really minimalist and really retro nice. but like at the same time, it's just like it pops really, really well. It's got really tight gameplay. Um, I'm really excited to see. And, and even though I was saying that, like, yeah, it doesn't even really need the music. I think I might have already said, but the, the developer was like, yeah, I'm definitely planning on adding some slam and chip tunes. So nice. I was like, nice, nice, nice. Like I was like, you know, even though I said it doesn't need it, I'll definitely take it. <laughs> of course. Because, um, yeah, it's a, but this game just feels so action packed and it's just so juicy. I just can't can't get enough like i I really f- will f- I, I can't wait to see like what happens when it gets fully fleshed out and it's entirely free they suggest Saturn. like if you if you can uh you know they're like if you can spare three bucks cool but if not i just want as many people to play this game as possible so i love it. really really developers. cool yeah it's so awesome and yeah it's from maybell by the way we'll put a link in the episode description but maybell is the developer Nice. But uh, John, we've been dipping into a bunch of Pico 8 games, and I know that you have actually checked out. I think I might have even suggested this game or just mentioned it because I yep. love Sebastian Lind. I know we've talked about his games on the podcast before, but yeah, you've been spending some times with car or some time with cards with personalities, mm-hmm. and I have as well. But you've been spending more. So what have you been thinking of that? Well, I'm always a sucker for an RPG or an RPG ish mechanics in any yeah. Game. So when you uh, recommended this game to me, I was really excited for it because it had, you know, all the things that are John Bate, RPG mechanics, <laughs> uh, like really distinct art style and deck building. So Ooh, I was yeah. really into it, like just from the description. And I started playing it and I really didn't bother looking at the instructions because I was like, oh, I can probably figure it out. (laughs) And the same here, man, I was able to get certain mechanics right very intuitively. And like that's a Pico eight game. So really your only options for moving around are the four directions and then the circle and X buttons. And I was, the game is really good at presenting information to you. Like, each card that you play will have either a play option or a read option. And the read will pull up a larger like splash screen, which will tell you exactly what the card does with like, like a description of the character displayed on it, as well as what it will do. And I was doing what I thought was pretty well until I realized I wasn't doing any damage to the boss. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh man, I really uh, do not have much health left compared to the boss. (laughs) And I realized that I should have been attacking the boss because what the whole premise of the game or like the way that you advance in the game is that you have a row of cards that is your deck and that's at the very bottom. And then there are... I don't know what they're what they're classified as or called in the it's game. It's like a it's a row, but it's like it's like the river kind of yeah. in a poker hand or whatever that's called. Right. Like There's the a, five cards that are like a pool or whatever. Right. And those cards aren't necessarily interacting with your cards, but you need to either spend gold in order to buy them or spend attack in order to defeat them. Like they're like small monster cards as opposed to the big boss card, which is at the top. 
and the boss will have an attack that uh, happens after certain conditions are met. The first one is just like after I think three turns pass, then yeah. the boss attacks you. Later on, it goes more into the resource pool, which you have at the very top of the screen. But at the beginning, you would just have simple cards that just either give you one gold or one attack. And as you're playing your heart, your hand of these cards, you're spending those to play on the river row of cards. And you will, some of those will give you more attack. Some of them will give you defense or like more gold and certain monsters. As you're buying or killing those, you're adding those to your deck. Yeah. The buying ones are ones that you add and the killing ones will just give you either a reward. Like, so you're spending your attack either on the boss or on these monster cards. And it's just a really good balance of like yeah all right like do i just need to improve my deck right now or can i like get some damage in and a lot of the cards will just add new mechanics that i think are really really interesting in terms of like yeah because they're all single match uh boss battles like it's not like you have you're building your deck and then you have this deck for your next battle like you start each boss battle with the same hand of uh which i think is like seven uh bards it's seven uh, yeah seven bards and two or uh three of the like knights or whatever yeah so you like are predominantly getting gold at the beginning of the game and you're spending that on better cards that you'll introduce into your deck but okay. like some of them will add other mechanics like one of them will be like oh like you will get to draw two cards but you have to destroy one so like th- or another one will be like oh like you will uh Actually, I'm trying to think of like what's the other mechanic. Was, like, well, there's like the grave digger or whatever, yeah. where you can go into your your uh, discard pile essentially Ooh. and like pick a card out of it. But usually, at least the card that I've come across where that's like a mechanic, it's like I do have to not destroy a card, but I have to discard a card. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like I, the first time I used it, I had I hadn't discarded a card yet, and that was the last card I used. Mm-hmm. So that the new card I pulled out of the graveyard, I had to discard. Yep. I did. I was like, oh, I have to discard a card after I use that one. So like I had to. There's like a few like you even have to kind of get into a little bit of that like slay the spire like ordering of yeah right. You know what order you play cards in. It's not just oh, okay because at first it is just like. Like you said, you get kind of five gold, maybe even on your first hand. You, I think it's a five-card hand. Yep. So it's just like, I'm just going to play all five cards, get five gold, and see what I can buy. And it's like, it's kind of simplistic. So I was like, okay, it's gonna it's a peak away game. But the, the, it's pretty robust. I have not even beaten the first boss yet, and I'm still seeing new cards. Yep. I'm still seeing all kinds of new mechanics. And like you're saying, like all these new resources that are up on the top that I just kind of realized, like at first I was like kind of still reading every card. And I was like, okay, once I you know, play enough of this and learn what all these are. I'll kind of get the gist of things and be able to kind of play it from memory a little bit. But now that like at the top of the screen, there's all these little icons that like I'm starting to learn what they mean. Like, oh, and there's a little garbage can that means discard a card. When there's two garbage cans, you have to discard two cards. When there's like a little fireball, it's a destroy a card or whatever the logos are. But it's so well but also, when Done. you hover over a card in, like, those river ones, you don't necessarily need to, or any of the, I think, in both rows, like, and when you hover over a card, it will just display the icons, and, like, that icon multiple, like, if it, yeah. had, if it gives you three attack, it will just have, like, three of the swords in a row. If it gives you, like, yeah. four gold, it will show you four gold, or, like, a combo, and, like, so 
it uh it's just a really good use of ui because like you don't need to like read the uh descriptions of every card once you Love like it. know what each icon does Love yeah it. i was just getting the gist of that like the last like maybe two runs or so that i played and i was just like ooh, nice because i was like not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it's clunky going in and reading them all because it's a, I do like just looking at the little splash screen and the pixel art and getting a little blow up of the image or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it's so well done. Just another it's so polished. And, yeah. and I think he just added a bunch of quality of life improvements, including if you go into the pause menu, you can actually cha- one of the things that's nice, like you were saying, you're forgetting to attack the boss. You can actually put like auto attack at the end of your turns. So like. Oh. You can turn on a few settings that'll be like, okay, so that I don't have to go and directly pick to attack the boss at the end of my turn. Every time you can just say, okay, whatever attack I have left when I end my turn, I want it to attack the boss automatically. And there's like a few different things like that that he's added in and like the whole rule description being built right into the game instead of having to read it on the website. I think that was all like just added to the game. Nice. And like, yeah, he's he's talked about... uh, well, at least in like the comments on itch.io like saying like oh yeah like he's thinking about expanding this into a much larger game and man i i would love to see like i i love this game as is but yeah i, I would also like to see this like just mechanics blown out into a much bigger game because it's great or just being able to like play it on your switch or something like that you know like yep. uh, even in this form because yeah it doesn't need more but i would certainly play more oh yeah um Although I still got to beat this first boss. Um, and I guess just real quick while we're at it, talking about Sebastian Lind, I did want to just give a shout out to his most recent game. And he doesn't make a ton of platformers, I will say. Uh, but he made this game called I Demand Coffee, which I just love the name of the game even. <laughs> and he just plays this like little yellow dude that runs around and you can jump. You can climb on walls like kind of Celeste style, although you don't even seem to have like a like limit to how long you can cling to walls and climb up them. And then you can kind of like hold down the other button other than jump to kind of like float and hover down almost like you're floating down and like holding down the Kate button with okay. uh, Mario and super Mario world. And like, that's essentially the gist of it. And it's kind of like a little bit of a maze exploratory platformer, like where you're, there's a little bit of open world puzzle. So, you know, you got to go get a key in this room and then backtrack a little bit and get back to where you need to unlock this key or whatever. Um, but it's it's just a really cool little fun platformer. There's not too much to it, but there's some it, it's actually pretty damn tough and it's a little bit longer than most on the Pico 8. I mean, I've ripped through some of these platformers in like two or three minutes. Sure. This one took me like 20, 25 or so. Um, nice. And yeah, it's just got a bunch of cool little like just really well done level design, like just another winner from Sebastian Lind yet again. And this guy just cranks him out. He's done like. I think three or four games in the last month. So it's, it's just a month or two. Wow. But it's just wild. And some of them are like little game jam entries. One of them was even not a Pico 8 game, but man, just so cool. And oh, one other mechanic that's really cool, too, is you actually when you're like holding down that cape like flutter button, there's like these light bulbs that you bounce off of if you're holding that down. And they like a really it's like very much like a 360 degree angle based on where you're bouncing off that almost oh, okay. like a pinball bumper. Okay. So like you're, you're kind of, yeah, it's just really cool. Really it's like the couple mechanics that they throw in throughout the game are really nifty and just, yeah, just another winner that I just wanted to get. I just love this guy's game so much. So just wanted to give that a quick shout out. And then I wanted to also shout out another kind of open worldy 
platformer-ish, although it's not really a platformer on the Pico 8 that uh, John actually, I think, brought to my attention called Grippy Mm -hmm. uh, that we checked out. I know you checked it out a while back, and then I I actually played it a little while ago, too. Um, But yeah, what did did you think about that one, John? Because I actually ended up playing all the way through that one, and Uh, man. No, we should should reverse our rules that we did for cuts, because I only played, I think, the first level, like... It's all one level. It's all one level. So So it's kind of like like three checkpoints or so. Okay. Okay. We'll flip the script. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's very similar to I demand coffee in that sense where it is just kind of like one level that you just have to get to like kind of the end of the maze slash obstacle course. And the kind of gist of this game is you're this kind of red blob character or actually you can pick different colors. That was green. The main kind of color is (laughs) is red is like the main like if, if you go to the page or whatever. But you basically, the two buttons on the Pico 8, the X and the circle, are like correspond to eat your right and left fist. And then you can either, and then you use the D pad or the directional buttons to like rotate the direction of your fist. So either left or right will like kind of rotate an arrow that rotates around like in a circular motion around your fists. And then there's just kind of throughout, it's like a 2D side scroller, but it's like you're. You can't really jump. You technically can by like hitting both like buttons at the same time. You can do this oh. like little kind of hop or something. Right. But it's it's more to like kind of get yourself out if you're stuck, mm-hmm. I think, in like a little corner or something. But like you essentially have to like, you know, almost like DK King of Swing. That's what I was just thinking familiar. about. It's very similar to that game, except like you you don't have shoulder buttons to work with. You're so you like it. It's a little less intuitive, I guess. But once I got the hang of it, it, it started feeling a little more natural. Yeah. But it's a li- it feels a little more, you know, when you have the shoulder buttons to like left, right, left, right. right. When I'm doing it with my thumb on a gamepad, it was a little bit less intuitive. But still, right. once I got like in the groove, like I could see people getting into this game for speed running. Oh, yeah. Like crazy because it's like really physics-y and really like, yeah, you, you can really get some momentum going if you like get some sway. Like, let me grab this like rope that's hanging down or like these vines and there's like you can just pretty clearly tell like okay here's an area i can go but you really later in the game have to like kind of like be holding onto this ledge and like stretch your like at the top and like stretch your other arm like all the way down like and just barely not touch these spikes and like whip yourself around and like have it like let go at the right time to throw yourself over the spike pit like nice oh man it got so like this one took me almost an hour to play through um and man it was brutal it like but in the best way like i was having so much fun and it's like the it's like that kind of frustrating controls but that feel really really fun i don't know how else to describe it but like i was getting annoyed or annoyed is not the right word but i was i was like getting aggravated but like having fun with it i guess yeah i'm I'm trying to like there, I still can't think of the game that it reminds me of. Like I've since I played it, like I've been. Tr- I remember you saying there's that, a yeah. very specific game in my mind that like I it controls very similar to, but I just cannot remember it, and it's driven me up the wall. But like in that, and it blows my mind that it's not King of Swing. But <laughs> I never played King of Swing, so I know it's not that one. Good game, good, pretty good game. But uh, it it is in that it falls in that genre for me of like where the battle is with the controls and less like the like so like games like roundabout or octodad mm-hmm. where you yeah, yeah. you purposely have a like your character is something that is difficult to control yep and like yeah. it's not 
uh, a hindrance to you enjoying the experience. It's kind of you navigating that and like being having that loss of control or that awkward control is the charm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, like it, it is also yeah, just really fun to play. Yeah, you you put it's it kind of has even a little bit of that like Bennett Foddy feel, you know, like that like get getting over it with Bennett Foddy where it's mm. like you're those really yes. kinda, you're battling the controls a little bit. Um, yeah, that that was kind of another game I thought of while I was playing it. It's wait, was it get it over it? No, was it climb your friends? What was that Xbox three sixty? Getting over it with Bennett Foddy is like that game with the pick the guy in like the cauldron right. and the pickaxe. No, I literally just remember. No, but it's that uh, mount your friends. Mount your friends. Oh, okay. Wasn't that I don't a know this game. Xbox 360 game? Yeah, sounds familiar. I, it's it, I don't know. It controls. Vi- this is the oh my god! I it it took you saying getting over it. <laughs> I mean, yes, but yeah, like because mount your friends is a four limb thing where you are either controlling like oh you're holding it's the same control scheme as grippy where you have you anchor one arm or limb and then you kind of like swing the rest of your body over i'm <laughs> literally moving my body trying to illustrate I was doing, this on I was a doing podcast the same thing. <laughs> yep what I was am doing i doing the same i'm like you put your hand here <laughs> and then... <laughs> oh but i'm just but no, so it's... glad i remembered that game that's been bugging me for weeks god i am too because i couldn't believe it wasn't king of swing <laughs> um but no it's it's so fun and just like you mentioned with cards with personalities john i i popped into the pico 8 uh, uh, discord right around the time that this game came out and the developer happened to be just jumping in there too and they were like oh yeah nice. i'm playing i kind of made this as a prototype and like was hoping to like flesh this out into like a full-fledged release like nothing against the pico 8 but just like hey i, I want to go beyond what <laughs> you know the limitations sure. of this fantasy console and explore releasing this as like a full-fledged uh game um and i would be super pumped <laughs> to check it out like it's really really cool um yeah very unique game i would say and then uh just real quick since we're talking about climbing games on the pico 8 since grippy is you're very much like climbing around all over the place i checked out a game recently called yolo solo and john i think you checked out a little bit of this one too Mm -hmm. and this is more like a side scrolling uh which i guess grippy is too like i said but this is more like a side scrolling like celeste style platformer or whatever i hate that i always use that as like the example of any kind of climbing your precision platformer but it is what it is yeah my all-time favorite yeah um <laughs> it is a great game oh yeah um and it is this game is about climbing but the difference here is like you actually like the things that you're climbing are more like built in the, the like the background so you're mm-hmm. kind of like it's more like you're grabbing there'll be like some cracks in the wall and there are some where it's just like a spot that you can like grip onto and then jump from there to the next platform or maybe the next grapple point but it's more like like you're actually like kind of rock climbing almost is like kind of the theme there's actually at first there's kind of this like blob up in the upper right corner that like i was like what what the heck is this like thing up in the right corner i was like oh it's a hand and it's like actually shows like when your hand is open or when it's gripping oh wow the um like whatever you're grabbing onto so there and you have like a grip meter for how long you can not necessarily how long you can hold on but every time you if you grip you can climb as much as you want but then when you jump it uses your meter again until you touch the ground okay. so like you can't you got to like eventually touch the ground to recharge your meter mm-hmm. um and there's like just 17 levels i think it was made for like a low res jam or something like that it was definitely made for a game jam 
But I, I just found it to be like really charming. Like the death animations are really great. <laughs> like when your character just kind of splatters into pixels at the bottom <laughs> and like, I don't know, just like the little touches of like the little like rope that's kind of dangling from your character just has like a really nice like pixel physics movement to Ooh, it. Nice. And like really tight controls, really nice level design, a little bit of puzzle solving going on in the later levels, like but nothing too challenging. Like they do start out like almost single screen ish challenges, but they get into some decent size scrolling levels. But what did you think about this one, John? I know you just played a, a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I had a fun with it. Like I was still like playing most of my like pico 8 on mobile which is not the ideal oh. way to do and especially <laughs> yeah this is like very much game. a precision platformer <laughs> you weren't playing grippy on your phone were you i don't know if i was or not maybe i can't even imagine no because like, there's, no. <laughs> so, there's so much momentum in that game there's no way i would have played it past and a like single the, the way you point. have to like hold down <laughs> buttons and like yeah and jump between Absolutely the two of them not. yeah no I, I definitely <laughs> played that on pc or mac but <laughs> good deal good yeah deal. no I, I i enjoyed it and like i was for the longest time like i couldn't figure out how to like that like i had to hold the grip button like obvious yeah. like so like i kept like couldn't make it past the first jump because i kept jumping into the thing hitting the button and being like why am i falling <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it is a little finicky in the sense of like you're not finicky but you have to like you have it has a little window where like you can't be holding the grip button and jump you have yes. to let go of the grip button and then jump but if you wait too long you can't jump right so it's like yep. you have just like the smallest window but it's just like i don't know i thought it was like a really tight precision platformer um you know it didn't take me too too long to rip through but again another one that i'm sure speedrunners could get into and another one that like i would love to see fleshed out into a bigger experience because i thought it the way you were kind of scaling the walls in the background i just thought was really cool uh, as opposed to like scaling up the sides of walls yeah. in 2D platformers. I don't know, just a, just a nice different twist. But why don't we get into some actual retro stuff? Oh. Although I think uh, this retro situation has like sort of a modern release. The yeah. One of the games that we're going to dig into here, yeah. Randall. So why don't you take the lead on this one sure. uh, on the, some NES games here? Another game with uh, an awesome death animation. I'll say that right Oh, <laughs> 100%. I'm so glad you it. mentioned that because I would have never brought that up, but that's so sweet. Oh, that's why I got these sweet notes. You know, that explosion, <laughs> that explosion so sprite good. animation. Uh, I, it's so, I'm gonna, so good. I'm going to talk about metal storm you know let that nice. cat out of the bag now um yeah metal storm is awesome it's not necessarily a, a super hidden game uh if you're an nes aficionado at this point but it's a game that i've wanted to talk about for a while it's a game that i've had in my collection for a while the original release uh, i was able to get before it got ungodly expensive same uh, same thankfully yeah. <laughs> both of us <laughs> got lucky there um yeah and then Retrobit, uh, uh, who has been awesome, uh, a company that's been awesome about re-releasing uh, a lot of old games uh, physically, uh, put out the essentially the Japanese version with some changes uh, out in 2019. So I, I went and scooped the collector's edition of, of that when that was available, too. It's got a nice little cute uh, M308, which is like your main character mech robot guy. Uh, it's got a little figurine of that, which Ooh. is super sweet, too. Yeah. Uh, that it came with so which i'll say right now like the m308 mech robot character has got to be one of the coolest like 8-bit protagonists around yeah there's some, there's some like pretty generic looking mechs out there and this yeah. is not one of them no. i would say no definitely yeah. not 
got that like 80s uh anime type of look to it in a very cool way yeah uh, and even just like the color palette of it and everything yeah i just I, i really like it a lot yeah yes um, but if you haven't played Metal Storm, Metal Storm is a very cool kind of action platformer. And the the big conceit is the gravity reversing gameplay. Um, so at any time you want, you can kind of press uh, the A button and up or the A button and down to reverse gravity and end up on the ceiling or on the floor. Um, and any enemy that's just walking will also follow that same gravity pattern along with you, which can really, you know, adjust your strategy for how you run through levels. Oh yeah. It makes things dicey like quick, like yes. other than the turret. Cause it'll throw you off too. Cause like the turrets will stay put, but yes. the enemies will flip and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like that just flip. Yeah. Yes. Really cool. A lot really to cool get mechanic. Yes. A lot to get used to there. I'll say there's a, there's a learning curve. <laughs> Along yes. with Metal Storm. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're playing on the ceiling, at least for me. Yeah. Like, w- once I flip the grass, I just, like, forget to jump a lot of times. <laughs> like, I forget that I can jump once I'm on the ceiling. Like, yep. I only think about flipping gravity back to normal. There was one puzzle I got stumped on for, like, ten minutes, and then I realized I was like... I can just jump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I felt so stupid. <laughs> Although once you click your brain over to that, I felt like I was on the ceiling more than I wasn't like interesting. <laughs> that became interesting. my default state is to be reversed, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really cool, too, because like for being a and, and granted this again, a late NES release, we've had a string of these we've talked about. This is from 91. And weirdly, it came out in the US before it came out in Japan. Ooh. So like that doesn't happen very often. Almost never. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's Star Tropics where it doesn't even come out in Japan. Right. Which is a yeah. shame as well because that game's dope and it should have come yeah. out in Japan. Hopefully they've gotten it by now. Yeah. I wonder. I yeah. got to think they have. If we've gotten a lot of the Japanese releases, I got to think they've gotten a few imports on their end. Like but Mike Jones USA or something like I wonder what yeah. they call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope they did. Yeah. Um, Anyway, you get an adapter. You should, yeah, play Star Trek, folks. It's a good game. Great game. Um, but yeah, Metal Storm is tough. It is a hard game. Really <laughs> I'll say tough. that much. Um, even the like the U.S. version is considered easier of the two that I own. The Japanese version has been tweaked. It's a little bit more difficult as far as like enemy placement and, uh, in levels and things like that. Um, but man, like even the U.S. version is tough. Like, oh, yeah, I played this game a lot recently to get myself back up to speed to talk about it. And I still only made it to level four two, And that was after quite a bit of trying and using the password stuff to get back to the beginning of levels type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's further than I got. I got to the boss at the end of level two. So yeah. I guess that I think that's probably two, three or whatever. I, I think it's just. There's like two chunks of each level and then the boss, it seems. Um, And I got to the boss with like my last life ready. And this is after I did this, my stupidity of like, I was like, how do I get through this section? I was like, oh, I just jump. And there's these gates that like if you flip gravity, they open and close. And like if they hit you, they kill you. So I kept sitting here and I kept trying to flip gravity. I was like, how there's got to be a way that I can like flip faster than this thing. And then like all of a sudden I realized I was like, I can just jump when the fucking gates open. I was so mad at myself. <laughs> but anyways, but that's but a tough I really, level though. Like right yeah, up, it, like level two is hard. Like, and it's kind of like a little bit mazy because yes. like things like loop around a little bit. Yes. Cause you can, like if you keep it's climbing like a and going up like 
it's almost like broken into tiers. Yeah. And if you keep going up and like jumping up layers, like you'll eventually just get to where you were. Yeah. And you kind of almost have you have to like eventually get to the exit. You're still moving just pretty much to the right. But if you keep going up or down, but I one of the things I really like, too, is that you can flip gravity in midair. Yes. So like even though it has very much that like VVV feel like in VVVVV, uh, I, I don't think I said the correct number of V's in either one of those times. But uh, I know I always I always split it up three and three. That's always how I do it, too. But I just couldn't like think at that moment. But uh, but I, I think game, you though. can only. F- yeah. Oh, a great game. Yeah. Yes. And I wonder if it was even inspired by this game to some. Degree. I would bet. I, I got to think. Yep. Yeah. Terry knows his stuff. So yep. like but I, I think you can only flip gravity. Correct. In that game, like there's no jumping and then flipping gravity correct it's it's, it's only flipping that i can't quite say but yeah I like there's so. different there's different like gimmicks where there'll be like a little laser beam that will like automatically like when you hit it you'll flip automatically but like i don't mm-hmm. think there's any way to like jump over a gap you always have to flip right um but this game yeah i really like how you can like and you get all kinds of power-ups that like when you're flipping you like turn into like a fireball yeah that'll kill enemies which can take there's, out like, all- enemies which is sweet. Yeah, it's really sweet. And like all kinds of like armor upgrades. Yeah, because like, otherwise you're one hit kill oh. unless you pick up an armor. And that's like, why it's so hard is the one yeah. hit kill, like including boss battles. Unless you got that armor upgrade, it's one like yeah. it's another one of those NES games. You have to give a little bit of leeway to as far as a slight memorization aspect going on, because it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One they, hit kill they, in boss battles is rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I, the one thing I will say is, like, thankfully playing these in the modern age, like, even though I own the cartridge, I was booting it up on an emulator just yep. for convenience. And Can't I was blame like, you. And for the save state factor, yep. you know, because I was like, at the end of the day, like, if when I was a kid, like we talk about all the time on the podcast, I, this is a game I would have had in my NES and left it on just yep. like I did with Super Mario Brothers 3 with my brother for like a week, you know, and just leave it on and be- beat a world, you know, whenever we had the time. But like, we can't turn it off. We can't lose our save. <laughs> so like, that's what I would have done with this. So uh, to me, d- using a save state in that regard, like if the game has unlimited continues, I'm not I'm not cheesing anything. You know, I'm just right. like. Which up where I left off. Yeah. Yep. So and yeah, it seems like, yeah, unlimited continues. So it's it's very difficult. But if you're committed, you can you can get through this one. You can. I think that's right. And, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that at some point. But, yeah, you definitely need to be committed. You need to you need to basically learn this game. But it's it's fun to play. So it's not a problem. And like the soundtrack is great. The graphics are really fun. Um the, the graphics are even like a little bit more zoomed in than I'm typically used to for this type of action. Yeah, game, but it doesn't hurt it. You know, it, yeah. it just looks really good. Like it's um, and it's published by Irem, who like always publishes just badass games. So like that's they've got that going for it, too. The level design, lots of, you know, varying things in each level. The bosses, even though it's one hit kill, are all really unique. Yeah. Um, the two I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and they a were really different. like ambitious concept for a game that came out in 1991. Um, there's a level timer, but it never really came into play, at least through the levels I've been in. Um, no, yeah, I never died due to, you know, even though I got stuck and I got stuck for a long time until I figured out how to jump. So, yeah, jump exactly. off the ceiling. So, yeah. Yeah. So either version of this game you can get a hold of, I, I think is totally cool. Uh, if you get that re-release version, it's based on the Japanese version, which I think looks even cooler because it's a little bit brighter and the colors match up against like the cover art of of your uh, M308, you know, 
gunner character so they did like little touches like that but it's also harder yeah. too so <laughs> keep that in mind yeah <laughs> that's awesome though that's awesome it's a great game yeah and i know that we both spent just a little bit of time with another nes game yeah uh, and this one even more at least for me was more frustratingly oh, difficult 100%. in the sense that it does not have unlimited continues no. i think it has like two or three maybe i think three um, but Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Yeah, Kabuki. And uh, the reason I just always associate these two games together, and I think I might have mentioned, I can't remember, I can never remember if it was during a podcast or like off air banter or whatever. But uh, our buddy Max and DJ used to like stay up late and I would go to bed in my room, and Metal Storm was one of the games that they like stayed up all night and beat in my <laughs> nice. bedroom while I tried to sleep. Nice. Because um, the system was all set up in my room, and I was like, well, I mean, you guys are making progress, and like, I need to go to bed, but like, I'm not going to make you pull the plug on a retro game. You know, you right. guys are committed. So yes. uh, Kabuki Quantum Fighter, for whatever reason, was another game that Max was always just talking about. I think just because the name is fun to say. Of course. And there's no denying that. Yes. Um, and the game is certainly fun to play. There's there's no doubt about yeah. that, is, even though it is frustrating and, and difficult in like that kind of like old school Castlevania sense where you're getting knocked back all Good over comparison. the place. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting like the character feels very Castlevania. -y. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even to the sense of like the private, one of the coolest things about this game is that your, your main attack, even though you have tons of attacks, but your yeah. main attack is like whipping enemies with your long hair with your long red after, hair. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of just like lean forward and just oh, kind of, yeah. yeah, just give them a nice whip. Yeah. Um, and then, but you also have like these chips that you can spend like an energy meter that you can like press the select button and, you know, kind of have like a little, little blaster that gets upgraded after you beat a few levels or yeah uh, from what i've seen which i'll say but again, the game's I, pretty generous about giving you those chips too uh, even you know. after you beat a stage you get like not a full refill but yeah. you definitely like i don't know if it takes your points or score or something into consideration but it definitely goes like here's some here's a refill for you yep yeah yep you get a little bit yeah it's solid in that regard but man this game is tough and it's it's probably going to lead into the conversation we're going to have a little bit uh in a moment here but like it's just like i found myself like as much as i was enjoying the style and the everything everything about it really like all the retro it was hitting every retro note that i love about nes games for the most part you know yeah. ninja guide and castlevania like if you like those games like it pretty much is those games you know yep. it's like maybe with a uh a little bit less polish like when you're like jumping off a ladder it feels kind of stiff and like little yeah. things like that like feel just a little off and this is a hal laboratories game i which know is mind blowing yeah. like you i i was i couldn't believe it when i saw it i know human um, entertainment was the apparently the primary developer but yeah okay hal laboratory okay. was involved in in publishing it and helping out with it at the very least the greatest yeah. hal laboratory <laughs> <laughs> i love but hal. yeah I, I found this game to be like as much as I was like, hey, this is cool. Yeah, this is fun. Like I but for I just kind of I, I was left feeling like there's no way I would ever I can't imagine today committing myself to actually beating this game. I really I agree can't with you. picture it. Yeah. Unlike Metal Storm. Yeah. It's just like Kabuki Quantum Fighter was just a little bit too hard a little bit like it could have used just a little bit more refinement, I guess, maybe a little like, yeah, that's, I agree. It's, it's a little picky to say like quality of life improvements when we're talking about like retro NES games, but that's, that's kind of the feel where like metal storm has a little bit of that. And some of these late NES games, especially do have a little bit of that, you know, by that point, but it, like 
Kabuki felt a little bit more like just brutal old school. And I'm like, I, yeah, I can't stick with this. Like by level two, I'm like, I've had enough pain. <laughs> yeah, because even even with the save states, I'd have to be in like the mindset of like, OK, I'm going to beat the first level the best way possible, yep. then do a save state because there's no way I can cheese like the infinite continues. Right. So I, I, it just kind of got me thinking that like and I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like with newer indie games, like there's so many of them that give that retro feel yeah. and get, you know, I don't need to bust out my retro consoles necessarily to get that retro fix or to get that pixel art or chip tune, whatever, whatever it is that I'm looking for. Right. You know, I don't necessarily need that. And it just kind of got me thinking to where like, there are some of these really charming retro games. Like I'm always going to love super Mario world. I'm always sure. going to love like my favorites, you know, the, the best of the best I'm always going to love. And even like just the ones I kind of grew up with, but I just kind of found myself thinking like, man, if I'm looking for that retro fix, I, I'm going to lean towards the modern indie stuff because like I feel like the, the difficulty in like a modern indie game as opposed to a retro game, like you're, you're getting into a lot of memorization when it comes yeah. into retro games and a lot of cheap enemy placement. Not in all of these games, like not in every single game for sure. Like right. you can play Mario 3. I don't feel like there's any cheap no, stuff that happens in that game. Yep. Um, and even Metal Storm, what I've played, you know, even though it's very difficult, it's just made to be that way. But like, that's the, that's the way it is. It doesn't feel like it's like surprising you with like you climb up a ladder and immediately get hit by an enemy where like, no, you, the only way to know that you need to stall there is like after taking the hit the first time, you know? Right. So it's like it just got me thinking like, man, I when I'm looking for that feeling, these these modern games, it's like the difficulty is more based on like your reflexes and not based on like your memorization so like totally the saturn game i was talking about earlier like it gets really hard like i again i've made it to level 25 but i've also died at like level seven and like it kind of just depends on like it's either my fault or even if it's just like oh man i got kind of screwed on that seed or like (laughs) man i didn't get any good power-ups on that run or Um, I didn't get the stuff I wanted or man, I, you know, whatever the reason is, there's like, you know, the next time and th- that some of that applies only to roguelikes where it's like, oh, the next time might be a totally different run. But even but though even the like ga- that's a conceit, you kind of go in knowing about roguelikes, too, and it kind of is what it is like. That's yeah. fine, too. And, but even stuff like, you know, again, to bring up Celeste again, but Super Meat Boy, whatever, Super Meat Boy breaks down into like single screen levels, essentially. But like Celeste yeah. is like, there's so many checkpoints, you know, the challenges are like they're they're more challenging, I think, but they're but they're less frustrating, yeah. which is very I just find that really interesting. I don't know. I just I find myself like I'll bash my head against the wall on a single screen of a game like Celeste for 30 minutes. But like I'll play Kabuki Quantum Fighter for 30 minutes and be like, yeah, I'm never going to beat this game. But like it, it just it's so weird how like. I don't know. It just feels the difficulty feels so different to me. You know, you in, get that in breather in something like Celeste with that next screen or checkpoint where there's no yeah. guarantee of that in Kabuki Quantum Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like one step at a time or something. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah. I got to memorize this whole game one step at a time, but fully put it together in a complete run. You know, right. it's it's definitely compartmentalized compartmentalizing it and like adding those checkpoints and save points because that's like you mentioned super mario 3 which is not an, a remotely challenging game by like comparison to some of the other yeah. ones you have but yeah that yeah. lack of save points just does yeah. it like that's it's a convenience thing for me like i am again more willing to do something in a 
Celeste, say, like, the final, like, area of that, which is a bunch of, like, precision platforming and getting things, like, right on the exact moment that you need to execute it. But it's an instantaneous restart, and you have yeah. plenty of checkpoints throughout yeah. all of it. Like, and once you add a little bit of friction to that, it makes it so much more, like less oh, likely that I'll play it. It's a good it's point. So it doesn't true. take much. It's, it's so true. Yeah, that, that I think that's really well put. Like that little bit of friction. That's yep. all those for me now. Like going back to these retro games, as much as I love them, like I really do love them, but like. If they don't offer that kind of not even quality of life, I'm kind of using the emulator to kind of give me that quality of life with the save states. But like if they don't have that at least kind of built in infinite continues, because even some of these games, they'll have infinite continues, but you kind of reset. You don't have any of your upgrades anymore or whatever, whatever the situation might be. And then that's the case in a lot of modern games, too. You know, there's a lot of modern games that totally screw you and, and even you know dark souls you've been talking about a lot lately john and i know that like i i don't know how you i haven't played much of those but i don't know if you feel like those get more into memorization or if they get more like because i know a lot of people kind of praise those for for getting into that retro difficulty realm and, and kind of reinvigorating that but to me they feel dark souls almost feels like it's somewhere in the middle yeah because it like because once you add that rpg element to it like that changes it completely honestly That's a good was, point yeah i was thinking about like the ending of ashen and i think like i i was getting to the point where i was just like man like i, I don't really you, that game doesn't have leveling in the same way you kind of get health upgrades as you like progress through the game and i was okay, at like okay. the final boss and like there was like no opportunities to get any more health or any more stamina or anything <laughs> or any yeah. better like weapons at that point so i was just like you know what this might be my limit like i might just not beat this game because it's just going to take <laughs> it's just going to be that memorization or that like lucky yeah. break or rng and you know what i'm fine with that yeah. yeah yeah any any more thoughts on that end as far as like the retro modern difficulty stuff goes i mean i know this will certainly come up again on the podcast i'm sure because we're always kind of crossing those two you know worlds i guess for me but. i i know there's like obviously there's some nostalgia baked in you know some of these games mm-hmm. i've been playing since i was probably like five or six years old right so that's obviously yeah. a factor yep. in all this um but i think that's also why I'm so attracted to a lot of these homebrew releases now, because I still love retro games for the constraint that it forces on developers. Yeah. But what homebrew developers can do is take every game that's come out since those point, all those quality of life things we're talking about, they've experienced those things, and then they can bring it back to the constraints of the NES or the Genesis yeah. or these platforms and make games still within those parameters, but you know, not be soul crushingly difficult or, you know, bring a little bit of that, you know, <laughs> that mix to, to get bit of that in the feel middle. back. And, and I'll, I'll even give a shout out to Sonic Mania for, you yeah, know, I'm not a big Sonic fan, but and even though that's not like a homebrew Genesis game, it's but I believe the they lines. did bring in the guy who did make homebrew or, you know, homemade yes. like kind of Genesis game or Sonic games on his own. Yes. And they were just kind of like, hey, his games are maybe better than ours. Maybe yes. we should <laughs> maybe we should bring him into the fold. Smart choice by um, Sega there. <laughs> seriously. And again, I'm not a big Sonic fan, like I've said many times on the podcast. But yeah. 
And and I'm not even a big Sonic Mania fan, but I would yeah. say that that's been the most I've ever been compelled to check out those games because I'm like, hey, somebody who loved those games as a kid yep. made one now, essentially, with another with a bigger team, obviously, right. but like made one now with all of the things in mind that he loved about those games then, but also knowing what games are like now. I, yep. I just like that's the most compelled I've ever been a, with a Sonic game, just knowing that they brought that mindset to yep. it cut out a lot of the BS that is prevalent in those original Sonic games, but, you know, bringing in the things that you loved or, you know, you remembered that you loved from those games. And that's why I do love Sonic Mania. You know, yeah, I think it nailed it for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I'm sure we'll dig into more, not only NES games, but homebrew NES games. Oh, and, and we've mentioned a little homebrew Game Boy too. So we got to get into uh, that territory yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, once we get around to that, but I think, uh, at this point, we're probably good to, uh, wrap things up for this week, guys. And, uh, as always, you can find us at the, inter- uh, at the internet, you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com. We're also at the internet guys yes. around the, internet. but, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're at, we're around wherever, wherever you want us, yeah. but no, we're also on a, you know, you can find all our stuff at Linktree slash pursuing pixels. Uh, but Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, we're there, but until next week, we will, uh, catch you then and take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So someone was like, he's like, yeah, I spent like 40 hours building a zip line down this mountain that nobody ever went down, but I did it. And I was like, wow, that does sound, that's a, that's a John thing. If there ever was one. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just laboring on one completely unsatisfying thing for hours on end. Yeah. But that's sort of what I did with like Breath of the Wild was just like fuck around. Not fuck around, but like go for shrines. I still oh, hell I got, yeah. I need to finish that game or just like start a new I don't know. Just, I don't know what to like, do with that game. Just jump back want. into it. You don't even you don't need to finish it. Just jump yeah. back yeah. into it. I know there's just part of me that does want to go back and beat it. And there is part of me that was thinking the other day that I wonder if Breath of the Wild 2, if you are just straight up going to play as Zelda. Let me and now and not and no link. I think I kind of think they're going to do it. I kind of think it's going to be a prequel. I kind of think you're actually going to play. Oh, see, I think it's going to be up to the hundred year battle. I think you're going to play up to when that's what they did in Hyrule Warriors. Oh, mm. well, see, I didn't have that inside scoop. Yeah. Ah, well, now that was what I was thinking. I was doing my laundry the other day and I was like, you know what? I started, I just like started thinking about that trailer again. And I was like, I wonder. See what they, I'm, I was like, I bet I could see them doing that. But Zelda needs to be an action character yes. this time around. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for kind of in the same vein as like the Wind Temple and Earth Temple in Wind Waker where you kind of had to control two characters. Yeah. And like even kind of it in that. spirit tracks um where Zelda was a ghost like you Yeah. one of the yeah. most active Zeldas in a game and she still is like a ghost and but <laughs> she could in ha- like possess a suit of armor and that ruled and so like you did play co-op with her but like nice. Man, uh like yeah, I would like uh, like I, I like that's why I feel like they would do a more like co-op in that respect of like yeah yeah you know, like here are some puzzles that you need Zelda to do a certain thing and here's a thing that you need Link to do a certain thing yeah 
It's a goddamn want, Legend yeah. of Zelda. Let's play a Zelda for once. Come yeah, on. Come on. Yeah, because I really think like they they did such a good job of like changing up the style of like how they presented her in Breath of the Wild. Like yeah. cause she is just such more like a I'm right there training like with you for this battle. Like, yeah, real like, person. Are, She's the main yeah. character, really. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 in my opinion, again, the story is kind. Of, I do like those little like story beats along like those little twelve, however many pictures there are that you find. Like yeah. They're perfect. Like, they're, yeah. I, I don't even mind the voice acting, the English voice acting. I don't even mind it. Yeah. The British voice acting. I yeah. Say. It's, uh, um, it's not the best, but it's fine. It, like, it it's hits fine. the right, like, emotional tones. It's not, like, totally jilted. Yes. You know, no. Like, there are games, you know, like, yeah, what's it? Uh, Symphony of the Night, you know. Okay. Symphony of the Night has impeccable. Dracula. Voice. Or what? What you use? Men's souls. <laughs> Mankind ill needs a savior such as you. Yeah, it's so jilted. It's the best. I'm interested. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. But but it's the worst reality, uh, especially in a new game. Or fucking all the voice acting in No More Heroes, which is so... never never heard it. Oh, Oh, it's incredible. Like, it's the most, like... Fast and the Furious, like, level of, like, <laughs> knows full well how over-the-top and cheesy it is and just yeah. leans in. Okay. Like, Travis Touchdown holding, like, the decapitated head of, like, someone he just said. And it was like, I fell in love with your soul. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's, oh, my God. Oh, I, I did just sometimes. buy those uh, limited run is doing physical copies of those games on Switch. So I'm like, all right, fine. Well, I'm going to buy them. Do you have <laughs> them? Or is it like a collection? Uh, the, individually, they're selling them right now. Did you have them uh, before? Or? Yeah, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> o- only on Wii, though? Or did yeah. you have them on? Okay. So you didn't like rebuy the digitals on Switch no. and then. Okay, okay. Nope. The triple dip. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no triple dip. 